What's up and welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the hottest thing since sliced bread. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play and to find out about what's going on in games. As always, I'm your host Sebastian Malton and in this episode, we're talking about video game of the year. No, not the best video games of the year. We're talking about the amazing book that just came out called Video Game of the Year. This is a book that was written by Jordan Minor and is dedicated to giving you the most influential, some of the dopest, some of the most trending, some of the hottest games of all time. It's a book that you should definitely read, especially if you're into video game history. But enough about all that because we got a special guest with us today is the author of said book. You've seen him on video game podcast galore over the last couple of weeks. You've seen him on IGN. You've seen him on Spot On Me. He is the senior analyst at PC Magazine and the writer of Video Game of the Year. This is Jordan Minor. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, it's been about it's been a little over a week since the book came out, and you know, we were doing press before that as well. Um, but you know, so a lot, of, a lot of times we've been blurring together. But I'm good. The book's out there. People get people to see. Get people picking it up. I'm good. I'm just kind of a little tired. I guess. I bet. I bet. <laughs> For the people who don't know you, Jordan, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. So I'm Jordan Miner. Um, I'm the author of this book, Video Game of the Year. Um, I am uh, the senior analyst on the apps and games team at PC Mag. So I write a lot about games. I also write a lot about other kinds of software, like video streaming services and, and things like that. Uh, for, for years, I was at geek.com. I was a senior editor at that website. And then, you know, I, I was a freelancer for, I, I wrote a piece for Kotaku. I've been the escapist and pace magazine. I've written a lot of iPhone games back in, back in high school. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a te- I'm a, I call myself a, I'm a games journalist, but I'm a, I'm a tech and entertainment journalist, I guess, is a broader way yeah. of saying that. That's really cool. You're like that Swiss army knife of games media. You've been doing it all, you know? <laughs> That's how you survive. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So Jordan, um, for all my first time guests, I'd like to ask them an icebreaker question. And I gave you a little bit of prep time beforehand. I wonder what your answer is going to be. But if you're a longtime listener of the show, you already know what it is. So Jordan, if Kirby absorbed you, what kind of powers would you get? What kind of traits would he get? Kirby, if he absorbed me, would gain the power to lie about a cartoon and convince everybody that that cartoon was real. <laughs> well, give me an example. What do you mean? Oh, OK, so you don't know this? No. Uh. Okay, this is another really important piece of my lore. Okay. Um, so why was when I was in middle school, I found this website where people could write about TV shows, like a Wikipedia type website. People could write about TV shows and fill it out of like, here are the episodes, here's who's in it, blah, blah, blah. And if you wanted to be the editor for like a famous show, you had to like send an application, be like, here's why I'm qualified to be the person who writes about like Seinfeld or whatever. But for a show, have you heard of the cartoon Street Sharks? No, uh, is this back in the 90s? Yes, this was a 90s okay. kind of Ninja Turtles ripoff. It was a real show. And I've seen it when I was a kid. So for a show like that, that no one cares about, anybody could be the editor for it. So I applied to be the editor and then I just filled that whole page full of misinformation. I made up episodes. I made up a whole alternate version of the show. Lies, all lies. Uh, eventually that website gets bought by other websites and they take all that bad like metadata with them so all Mm. these other sites have all this just completely fake information on this show to the point where netflix had like the wrong cast members in it what (laughs) um you know imdb was wrong people on like forums were saying how much they i made up a girl street shark character who didn't exist and people were on forums saying how much they loved her and all this junk just i don't know why people went along with it 
So this all happens over the course of like a decade and I'm, I'm collecting all the evidence. And then I eventually write a story and be like, hey, here's how I did this. Here's also a proof of how just the internet is bad at maintaining history. Um, that was a story I wrote for, it's on PC Mag now. I, I wrote it originally for Geek. Um, and that went a little viral and that's how I ended up getting my agent actually too, was because of that story. But that is crazy, man. Um, so I know like you, you mostly specialize in cartoons, but like, are people like you, the reason why we believe Sinbad was in, like, had a genie movie like Shazam? Totally. It's totally that, that stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's that same kind of, yeah, that Mandela effect stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. You have to take something like that, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the truth is. So who cares? Yeah, for sure. For sure, uh, man. I it, that's crazy because like it's like memories like that you artificially created, and, and you know mm -hmm. that you kind of like it, like it's been so long. You probably think like, oh, all that information is real. Like, oh, that person was actually in that show, and I just never knew about it. You know, that's right. absolutely insane. That's <laughs> and if they're not, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect nah. your life. No, not at all. Not at all. So, Jordan, uh, I want to segue into the topic of the show, and that is Video Game of the Year. Man, this is a really dope book with a really cool art style, really vibrant colors. I love everything about this. Like, how did you come up with the concept of this book? How long has this been in the making? So, I mean, I've had an agent since 2016. Um, that's when I signed my agent. But, you know, we were pitching a lot of other stuff before that. Uh, so the thing that I like to say, I was pitching a lot of like novels and like like graphic novels and stuff. Because um, I was, as a games journalist, I was a little bit concerned about my ability to write a games book being like working full time at a place. I thought that there might be a conflict there. Yeah. Um, but then we unionize our workplace. I am part of the contract writing committee. So I have a very strong understanding of how, what we are allowed to do and what not to do. So with that understanding, I'm like, okay, I can start pitching some video game stuff. This is my specialty. This is what I know a lot about. So about let's like like two and a half like early 2021 like February I think um, of 2021 um, I, I sent my agent a couple of ideas for for um, for some video game stuff and this is the one that we like the most. Oh, that's dope! Uh, that's dope. So for the people who don't know what is what this book is, can you in your own words tell them about what this book is? Sure. So video game of the year is a year by year guide to the best, boldest, and most bizarre video games of every year since 1977. It is a video game history book where each chapter is a deep dive into what I think is the most significant game of that year, whether it's because I think it's the best game or it's the most influential game, or it's a game that, you know, forecasts some later trends. Um, and with these standalone chapters and essays, I'm attempting to tell a comprehensive history of video games as a whole. That's really cool, man. I think now more than ever, like the history of video games, especially with the story about like how many video games are basically extinct at this point. Like that's yeah, more yeah. that's more important than ever before. So, man, shout out to you for doing all this. Like how much research did you have to do for this? I know you were tired. Yeah. So the thing about the thing about nonfiction is um, unlike when you, know, you want to write a novel, you have to have the whole thing written first mm -hmm. and then you, you sell it to a publisher. But with nonfiction, you are writing like an elaborate proposal that they're buying. So before the book was even written, uh, just in the in the, in the the pitching process, I had all the games I wanted determined, um, all like 45-ish picks already figured out, as well as sort of like a thesis for that chapter. So it's like in the Uncharted chapter, I'm gonna talk about how this ended up being the model for Sony's kind of AAA blockbusters going forward, or how, you know, Pokemon Go is uh, representative of like mobile gaming and AR gaming and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you know, I had the kind of kind of idea for every chapter uh, ahead of time. Uh, so that kind of helped kind of guide my research, I guess. It's like, all right, here's the kind of thing I'm trying to prove. Here's 
what, what are some sources I can find that can sort of support that argument, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and just being, being a game journalist for as long as I have been, um, I just, you know, I've had a lot of, of knowledge of games just sort of absorbed passively. So it was more so a matter of me being like, here's generally what I want to say. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then to, you know, to do the research to then, to then find it. Um, but that's really cool. That's really cool. You worked with um, a lot of cool people on this, like with a dope illustrator. What was that process like about like the illustration process in this book? So the publisher, that was all thanks to the publisher. Um, okay. From the beginning, I mean, yeah, Abrams Image, they're really good. I mean, they're called Image. Um, this imprint especially is really good at doing really beautiful looking books and working with cool illustrators. So that was from the beginning, that was part of the plan. They presented me with a list, like a short list of people that they thought they could work with and, and get onto the book. And my favorite by far was Ren McDonald, who we ended up ultimately going with. Uh, Ren then presented us some sort of different, uh, like, like styles within his own style that he could do. So like, and we ended up doing, doing like a blend of two styles he, he offered. And one style you'll see is the characters like kind of sucked into the game, like acting out as characters within the game, which is a really cool dynamic. But another style that I'm also glad we got in here is uh, there's a fair amount of illustrations where the characters are playing the games. And in those sense, you kind of get cool, like period appropriate details, like you know sodas and beanie babies but mm-hmm. then in those illustrations you can also see the people like the consoles themselves so that's also a big part of the nostalgia is remembering like oh yeah the xbox controller was huge or, yeah you know, for sure plastic instruments and stuff um so that was all great and that was all ha- kind of happening in tandem with myself um but yeah Rance fanta- Rance fanta- Actually, i got to meet him for the first time a couple of days ago oh that's so cool <laughs> thank him he gave me his um he's got a jet set radio like fanzine that he drew um oh that's so cool yeah so that was all great i love that yeah so you also like uh, you also like went around and had some really cool contributors um in the in the video game space and in industry you know we include jason schreier uh, max goville rebecca valentine blessing adioti jr like man you had so many cool people contribute with this book was it like working with so many dope voices in the games industry uh, that was fantastic. Uh, that was another thing that was planned from the start to have these sort of um, contributor chapters. So I was able to, you know, as I was writing, also trying to make my list of like, all right, here's what I want to approach when, when the time comes. So I ended up having a really long list, you know, because I thought that a lot of people would say no. But, you know, a lot of people, they may follow me on Twitter, but they don't really know me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a really long list. And then by the time that we announced that the book was happening once the deal was like closed and then I was like okay this is really happening I can point people to this to be like okay do you want to be in this and you know not not everybody I asked said yes but a lot the vast majority did as you can see from the yeah it's like 75 people so that was really that was really cool and really humbling that enough people that I really respect and really admired in the industry for so long thought that this was a project that they could be a part of and contribute some really excellent writing to it that is so cool. Like, uh, so did a lot. Did all your favorite games of all time make the list, or do you feel like you had to, like, you know, basically shut sh- some of your favorites aside and say, like, man, I love you, but you you can't make the this influential list. Yeah. So, I mean, the the goal of the book is not necessarily always to have the best game, mm-hmm. but to pick the game that I thought would be a good way to talk about whatever topic I wanted to talk about. So I try to get all the different genres in there. I try to get as many different like publishers and developers um, as I could in there. And yeah, just to touch on as many different topics in gaming as I could to kind of tell the whole history. 
So the, the chapter I keep I keep talking about here, I mean, if you see me in other, in other press, I, yeah. you might have heard this story. But I'll, I'll say it again because I think it's really interesting. In that I, I always talk about the Spore chapter in 2008 in that Spore is not a good game, but it's an important, it's a, it's a game that's really demonstrative of gaming culture's like hype bubbles and mm -hmm. things having expectations that are too crazy. Again, like Peter Molyneux games and, and crowdfunded games. Um, so that's one. I also, I mean, I say that I say this one sometimes too, but I think maybe a little less frequently. I talk about the Meat Boy chapter um, a lot, in that that is a game that talks about an indie game that I like a lot, but is also um, coming from this whole Flash school of gaming, like mm -hmm. Newgrounds and stuff that is a bit lost now because Flash has been so purged from the internet. So it was cool to talk about that. It was cool to get Tom Falk, who's the founder of Newgrounds, in the book. It was cool to talk about Homestar Runner in that chapter because that's a big Flash thing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was more about the games I think that could talk about the widest variety of topics, more so than if it was up to me, it would be like, I you know, like, <laughs> it'd be, I mean, I love Nintendo, so there's already yeah. probably too much Nintendo in the book, but it'd be like, uh, <laughs> oh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat is here or something, but. Yeah, I like I like that mix though. You you made sure it was like the most influential in in very different ways. You know, it's not just like which one's the best. I love that. Um, I wanted to like touch on one part of the book where like you have you made a uh, big emphasis about Fortnite, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, like that to like especially around that era, like there were so many dope games come out, but like none of them had like the impact of Fortnite. What was it like specifically around that time frame to decide like oh, okay, this this section is dedicated to Fortnite, even though like there's so many like magnificent games around that time frame. Yeah, I mean I mean I love Breath of the Wild. I love all mm -hmm. sorts of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but I mean, so I mean, so the book has a lot of really in-depth stuff. I think for people who are really big gamers, a lot of the contributors, especially, have really cool kind of obscure picks. But it is ultimately written for like a mainstream audience. I tried to write it in a way that if you don't know anything about games at all, that the language is approachable, and that by the end of it, you have a pretty good understanding of like everything. So it was it was written kind of for a mainstream audience in that sense, and. Fortnite is a gigantic phenomenon that <laughs> broke through like all, so, all sorts of things that became the metaverse. Like everyone has heard of, heard of that. And even if they don't really know games and even if they don't really know what it is, it's mm -hmm. something that they've heard of and are maybe curious about and would probably be like surprised at its omission. Um, so that was, you know, that was that was a big part of that. Also just as this, um, as this example of just the battle royale genre that, you know, it did not, famously, it did not invent it, but it no, ended up being sure sort not. of the, the biggest example of it. So to talk about that, again, to get as much different, as much genre variety in the book as well, uh, that ended up being the way to do it. Yeah. And you know, so, also, yeah, also, I mean, uh, you know, Epic Games' whole involvement, they're a huge player in the space, talk about the Unreal Engine and, and Gear, so. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I know, um, you know, on other shows you've been on, you talked about like what would be the the new installment if you if like for t like twenty twenty four, like this is the one of the most crazy years of video game history. Like I I haven't I can't remember a year this stacked. Even though I you know I know there's some arguments towards you know two thousand seven. I think this beats two thousand seven hands down. But personally speaking, but like yeah, like which like do you feel like tears of the kingdom would be that that installment for for 2024 do you feel like a game that was like heavily cinematic and almost like an extreme throwback in the way that it kind of like revitalized final fantasy do you think final fantasy 16 would be in that list like what how would you choose 2024 i would probably pick zelda because i like it so much it would kind of rectify not putting breath of the wild in there <laughs> 
Um, but something, an issue I've had, I'm glad that the book stops where it does actually, mm -hmm. because I think some of the, the newer chapters are actually the harder chapters to write because we don't know yet how influential some of these names are going to be. Yeah. You know, sure. Like if, you know, if, in you know, if, again, like we didn't know exactly how big Fortnite would be until like some time afterwards. So it's, it's hard to predict a game that could be really great and really cool now may not in hindsight be the one that ends up being the game that was really the game of that year you know, you know yeah. what i'm saying like it's hard we don't have the hindsight like we do with some of these really older games so i, I felt i found myself with some of the newer chapters kind of like cheating in that they were technically new games but they were game they were new games that were sort of like the climax of like older trends so i picked sekiro in 2019 to represent like souls games as a whole because mm -hmm. at that point it had been like 10 years of souls games um so we could tell that that was a big deal so again, you know, like Tears of the Kingdom, that could also be talking about Breath of the Wild as well, which we've had yeah. time now to see how influential that was. So. Yeah, I, I I completely understand because like around the time I played like the Shadow of War games, the 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 Middle Earth games, I thought to myself like, oh, that that Nemesis system, that's going to be one of the most influential like key features in video games going forward, like of, around that time. And now like fast forward years later and they still haven't used it you know like no like whether it be because of like you know the copyright issues and, and all that kind of stuff like but even then wb still hasn't used it it's like it's not influential at all even though i thought that was going to be like the next big feature in games so, yeah that was something actually that was in an earlier draft that mm -hmm. ended up getting cut for space was yeah this notion of like game mechanics being copyrighted and yeah. that ended up being talked about in the threes uh little sub chapter um mm -hmm. but yeah that's a great example yeah for sure for sure so in, in this book like how long you know for the people who haven't read it or haven't gotten their hands on it how would you how long would you say the book is and you know how you know i know you made this for a mainstream audience so it's extremely digestible but like and you know and do you feel like this is a book that people can just you know like easily um easily read in a couple of sittings uh, i think so uh it's like 300 pages um that, but, that's know, a lot, not bad yeah and it's very episodic so you mm -hmm. could read you can read one chapter like easily and like not not that long and then keep going um or skip around you know it's it's not it's not so dependent on each other that something's gonna make like no sense if you read one thing before the other um but if you do read it all at once then you'll see sort of you'll see the history progress and you'll see some like little narrative stuff pay off it's like oh you know sim city was great but then spore it wasn't so um so yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, I think the individual chapters are, are very easy to get through. Um, but I also, I also recommend doing it one at a time because it lets you really sit with that one game and then move on to the next. Um, yeah. So that, that could stretch it out a little bit longer too if you want to feel like you got some more of your money's worth. For sure, for sure. How many of these games did you return back and play before you um, wrote about them? Like, did you get a refresher of, of every single game listed in the book or did you kind of like, you know, go off of memory? Uh, a lot of it's memory because I mean, like we were saying up front, a lot of them you can't really play. Yeah, know, that's true. In, in, in easy way. Uh, I mean, there was that Atari collection last year. I think that was really good. It was like a documentary kind of in like videos. Yeah, yeah. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just memory. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you like? Um, so, what was your favorite console of all time? Uh, I think it might end up being the Switch, honestly. Oh, really? I really, I really like it. I think they're really cooking. I think they have like the best, some of the best examples and some of their like franchises, which are some of the best franchises. Um, I think they've really finally, like they've really combined all of their interesting hardware ideas into one thing that can also play traditional games very well. 
I like playing. I like switching between TV and handheld. I like playing big games in a, in a handheld setting. I mean, I have a Steam Deck as well, so I, you know, I really enjoy. I just enjoy that way of playing games. Um, so I really think when all and said is done, that really will be up there for me personally. I feel you. I feel you. Do you feel like it's um, like for me? Like I, I, I like the Switch. And the thing that's keeping me from loving it though is that the the placement of the A B buttons. Like it's hard for me to get around that. If I'm being okay. honest, coming from years of Xbox gaming and years of like of like PlayStation gaming, where like you know like it, the accept button is always at the the either the X or like you know being at the very bottom. So I'm like it's it's very hard for me to get over. It's either A or X at the very bottom. So I'm like. That to me, I always have to pick up like a pro controller or like I always have to use like the Bitmoto control, like Bitmoto like dongle. And like then I could go up my PlayStation controller and play Switch games like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's I'm weird. I know. It's <laughs> nah, weird. Whatever you gotta do. It's, yeah. it's funny. I like that. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that. Um, so what is a what's a game that you probably put like hundreds of hours into that didn't quite make it into the book? Ooh, oh, that didn't get it in. Um. Ooh. Uh, well, well, I stall for time. I will say that uh, <laughs> a game that is in the book, but not as a main chapter, is StarCraft, mm -hmm. which is probably my favorite game ever. And I definitely, oh, put, really? I definitely put a lot of time into StarCraft, um, but that had that ended up being relegated to like a runner-up pick in that year um, because that main chapter is about Metal Gear Solid, which is a game right, that's also so. very worthy. Right, so. But also, you know, but also that year is Ocarina of Time, which mm -hmm. just, just and also it's also Half Life. It's also Pokemon Red and Blue. It's also Resident Evil Two. It's a whole lot of games. So that yeah. that's this and especially hard pick was that year. Um, so StarCraft, yeah, that, that that that's that's definitely up there. Um, a game that's not in the book at all that I love that I probably maybe not hundreds of hours, but I definitely put a lot of time into was Burnout Paradise. Oh, that's so good. So I love good. that. I love that game, but there was there wasn't space for that either. There was yeah, that's not. I mean, that's it's mentioned in the chapter, but it's it's mm -hmm. really brief. So, man, I wish we and we. I feel like we don't get racing games like that like anymore we don't they're too uh, real they're, they're too realistic they're too obsessed <laughs> with real cars i don't care let me just no. them. hey thank you thank you give me some of that arcadiness let me see like some of the crashes and everything like that i need like burnout was like that like almost like that that weird jankiness of like saints row mini games like mixed in sure. with like racing okay. racing game yeah, mechanics yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. Really but putting that in an open world setting too end up being really transformative to me at least um i love that part about it yeah for sure for sure yeah so out of all the game, like I, I know we're talking about the book, but I want to like just ask you a side question since I got you here. Um, what is your top three games this year? Like, uh, besides, I know Tears of the Kingdom is probably number one. What is the the runner ups there? Uh, I really like Hi Fi Rush. Okay, um, I like that game a whole lot. Um, I mean, Metroid Prime Remastered is a great version of a great game, but I mean, it's a, it's an old game. I'm not sure if that's entirely fair. Um, I I enjoyed Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'm not sure if I quite like it as much as the first one, but I, I do like that a lot. And then very recently, um, I think this just came out as we're recording, but I, you know, I, I reviewed it. I play, I played Pikmin 4, and I ended up really loving that game more than I even expected to. Um, that game was excellent. Okay, so like as a person who's only played the first Pikmin game, and mm -hmm. like... I, I enjoyed the first Pikmin game. I wasn't necessarily head head over heels in love with it. I like the look of Pikmin of uh, Pikmin Four though. Do you feel like I need to go back and play two and three to actually get what's going on here? No, not at all. No, okay. not, not whatsoever. They're 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 very much trying to position this as you don't need to. This is just and it kind of has all of those games sort of inside of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
not to spoil a bit of the post-game content, um, but the way it calls back to earlier Pikmin games in a way that makes it feel like this is kind of like the ultimate Pikmin. Um, it's just so stuffed with content too. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like, it has like, I mean, Pikmin 2 had this whole caves system, so it's mm -hmm. not like that. that's what it's actually drawing from. But the way it is in this game, it feels like shrines in Zelda of just like, here's this little like self-contained like dungeon that has this really great little crafted gameplay experience. And then you're back in the overworld, which is also like dense with puzzles and things to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, also, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I like StarCraft a lot. I'm really into like real-time strategy. So that, mm -hmm. that part of it has appealed to me. Um, but you know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have Pikmin One's whole kind of um, like day limit system? Yeah, that a time lot of people counter. Find. Yeah, it does. I mean, the days themselves end, but you can take as many days as you need. And I love that because that that stressed me the hell out. Like back in the day, where I was like, I'm not gonna make 30 days. I promise you, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, so they took that all out. Uh, all the stuff with the dog is excellent. Um, having like a hero unit essentially with the dog. Um, all their like progression systems. That's all new, and that's very cool. So they RPG'd it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's like a skill tree. I guess. Again, going back to the RTS element of it, it's like a skill tree for yourself and for the dog character. Um, oh, that's I, so dope. I love that. And like, as a person who like, I love RTS games, like I like Age of Empires. I think Civilization to this, like, especially five and six might be like my most played game of all time at this point. Like, cool. I'm on that, like, I'm pretty much on that, like on a weekly basis. Like, so I love like RTS type of strategy games. But so like, to hear that it kind of like is leans more towards that uh, i'm very much down for well it's a pretty there's a pretty substantial demo if you don't mm -hmm. you know, if you even want to try before just don't take my word for it um but yeah that, that ended up really sneaking up on me on how much i liked it um by the end of it i ended up giving it i ended up giving it a we have a five star system so i gave it a mm -hmm. four i get a 4.5 out of five on our on our scale at pc mag people can oh that's dope that's dope. Do you, so, like, you like this, like, did you also play Fire Emblem Engage earlier this year? Uh, I did not, no. And that's maybe for another kind of petty reason in that I really love Three Houses. I really Same love, here. Let's I go. Love, I mean, I love Awakening. Uh, Awakening is in the book as a side chapter. I love Three Houses. Um, and so with this one, I, I, I think the art is pretty neat in this one. But just the hearing, I think, I mean, I'm sure the, the gameplay is fine. But just hearing about how they, how they kind of dialed back a lot of the, like, story and character the story and character yeah, yeah i was a little disappointed by that because it's not like oh i'm just here to see the, the hot ladies kiss or whatever like yeah. that, no like that's like that to me really unlocked because i i mean going back to this year i also really mm -hmm. like advanced wars i reviewed yeah. their advanced wars reboot and so for like a pure tactics experience i've always preferred advanced wars over fire emblem but with these newer fire emblems the way that they turned managing character relationships into like another meta layer of strategy really unlocked it for me of like oh like it, that it's like a role-playing game of yeah like, for you, sure you you you're like guiding these characters and how you feel about them as characters is very relevant on like a gameplay level as well so i was a bit disappointed that they took that out but i'm sure that game's fine yeah i mean i'm like you like my first person like my first um like instance with like these type of games was like the persona series and like when i play, like i had never played a fire emblem until three houses and when i played three houses i fell in love with it because it felt like an rts version of persona to where like you did get to like the way you like manage and your relationships with each character matters like you said on the battlefield it makes the relationships blossom you also get enhanced teamwork moves and such like that like yeah, i loved yeah. that aspect and to hear like that got stripped away just to make a more concise like action almost like 
filler anime it kind of like sure, yeah, yeah. It, it even kind know? of looks like one i hate how yeah. the main character looks too i hate the red blue hair it looks but. like a sword art online character that just like got clownified a little bit and i was yeah. just like i'm not down for this uh yeah. i've i've just give me like, you don't even have to make like i would have preferred just make three houses too like just make a whole sequel and not of another houses. one of these like dynasty warriors games like, oh yeah for sure enough of that. Nah. Enough of that. Nah. I don't want to see no Zelda Dynasty Warriors. I don't want to see like Three Houses Dynasty Warriors. I need we need to move forward off of that gender, off of that like genre. To be honest, yeah, that's uh, in the book as well. I put Dynasty Warriors two in the book mm-hmm. about games that are dumb but they keep on trucking. Yeah, for real, man. I don't know how, who out here supporting this. I, I feel like Dynasty Warriors is like the Arby's of um. Of, like, got, it does have the meats. It's true. It does. It really does. It does. I'm like, you ever see like some people who like you are drive by Long John Silver's and you wonder like dang they're still they still kicking all after all these years like that's every time i see a dinosaur Wars trailer like yeah no i need i need roast beef and fast exactly exactly but you know jordan um so before we go i before we go with our final three segments of the show i want you in your own words to tell the people people like jordan's about to tell you why you should get video game of the year jordan tell them who this book is for and why they should get it so I'm obviously very proud of my own writing in this book. I think I did a pretty good job. But combined with Ren's artwork and all this really excellent writing from more than 75 of some of the best people in this industry in terms of writers, I genuinely genuinely believe that this is like, if not the, but like very much at the top of video game books that exist, like period. So if you care about games, on any level, I think there's something for you in this book. I think if you don't know, I think if you're like a total novice, but you're like, oh, Pac-Man, you will get a really digestible, really, but really in-depth, like really comprehensive, I keep saying, a really good just overview of the whole like 50-year history of the medium at this point in a way that's very easy to understand. You will get it will get you up to speed um, in kind of one go. If you are someone who is a big gamer, if you know a lot about games and care about them, this book also has a lot of really, I think, thoughtful criticism uh, of so many different, so many different games, so many different types of games. From if you care about games, you'll also probably recognize a lot of people in the book too. So, so you'll appreciate that. And I think the art is so cool and so stunning. I want posters of it. I think that even if you don't read, even if you can't read, <laughs> you can appreciate the artwork in this book. Um, we, we, we talk about games preservation. It's hard to play a lot of these games in this book. I think it's a real shame the way the industry doesn't doesn't treat itself more seriously to take that to, to preserve its own history and its own work. Um, but if you can't, you know, legally play a lot of this, I think that you can at least read about it and learn about it. And the way that we're gonna build a better future for you know for gaming, for culture, for every for everything is to have a really solid understanding of the past. And I think that this will give you that for video games. I love it, man. You killed it with the you killed it with the pitch there. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know, you mentioned something about like, you know, you wanted to like get like some of these illustrations just hung up as artwork. And I completely agreed. Like one in particular, that NBA jam one, man. <laughs> let me tell you. I was like, that's my jam too. I was like, let me put that on the wall. Like if I could if I could print that out and put put that like in a nice frame, kind of like Spider-Man is right behind me, that's going on the other side. Oh, right I have there. a Spider-Man poster right on the other side of this laptop. Oh, really? For real? Yeah. Peter or Mouse? Uh, it's Spider-Man 3. Oh, okay. That's dope. Wait, you supporting Spider-Man 3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is, is it the one with Toby's dancing or is it? Yeah, like hell yeah. 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 He sucks. He's supposed to suck. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Man, yeah, like, you have one of Sonic the Hedgehog that's, like, with a Genesis on it. That's, like, that would be some dope artwork. That's all Ren. Yeah, again, all props to Ren on all yeah. that. Um, I didn't even really give him, like, I was just, like, it was just, these are the games, go. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't even, like, I want to see this and this and this. It was just, like, yeah, he read the chapters, but, yeah, like, he, he killed it. That's so cool, too. And I love how, like, you know, like, there's a whole lot of representation in the illustrations of this. Because you got people yeah. of all sorts of, like, backgrounds in this, like, absolutely killing. I would say you can take, like, any, like, any different chapter and use that illustration almost like a collage and put it on your wall. And you're going to have, like, a dope vibe going on. Like, I absolutely mean, killing it. Even also, I mean, also in the in the contributor lineup as well, um, the diversity of people that I, I decided to work with. I'm really happy with how that turned out. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Shout out to you for, for working with such a diverse cast. Um, Jordan, before we go, we, I do have three last segments of the show. They'll, they'll be super quick. I promise won't take up too much of your time. The first one, it starts off with a question. And that question, if you're a fan of, of old school wrestling, you'll probably recognize it is, are you ready? I repeat, are you ready? Because it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show. Jordan, are you ready? Uh, if it's a wrestling question, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. So we're <laughs> we're gonna hope a wrestling question does not come up. All right. So here we go with our first question. It is in the realm of Star Wars, a galaxy far, far away. Jordan, how familiar are you with uh, this IP? Uh, I've seen all these movies, but if you ask me about one of these cartoon characters, I'll be like, Oh, it's a wrap. Okay. 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 I like that. Okay. So here we go. Who, who killed Mace Windu? It was uh, it was Palpatine, right? He shoots him with the lightning and he falls out the window. That is absolutely she, she, correct. Emperor Sheev Palpatine. I'm a big <laughs> fan of his first name being Sheev. Mm -hmm. Do you remember his Darth name by any chance? Sidious, Darth Sidious. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He is one for one, everyone. He, he is four questions, four correct questions away from being in the Pro Nerd Hall of Fame. Let's see if he can manage it. Our second category is in the realm of Harry Potter. Okay. Harry Potter. Okay. You sound. You said okay. That is that a good okay? Or is that like a? I mean, I don't eh. know. I feel like there's a, tra a trap. No matter if I get it right or wrong. Okay. Okay. All right. What type of animal does Harry accidentally set free while they're at the zoo? Uh, is it the snakes? He's talking to them and they come out, maybe? Okay, I'll accept that. A snake is the right, a right answer. There you go. Okay. It's specifically a boa constrictor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he is two of two. It is so far. Do you feel like you you feel a little loose? Does this, the yeah. the questions make you feel a little better about this? Sure. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, the, so. But when the uh, with the book, I got to work with a fact checker because I got anything wrong. So there's, there's, no, there's no net this time. So <laughs> no, no, no phone a friend, unfortunately either. So we will see how um, well you fare with our next category. It is Nintendo. Oh, okay. Nintendo. Okay. So. Let's see. Here we go. Hmm. All right. What is the first game with Princess Zelda as a playable character? What is the first game that features Princess Zelda as a playable character? Hmm. That one might is, be a little tough one. Is it Smash Brothers Melee? Smash Brothers Melee? Is that your final answer? Because that's what? before Hyrule Warriors. 
What is the first game, first video game that features Princess Zelda as a playable character? That's my guess is Melee. Okay, yeah. okay. That is a good guess, but unfortunately it's incorrect. It is Zelda Wand of Gamelon. Oh, what? That CDI nonsense? That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CDI nonsense. Okay, that feels you good are, I got that wrong. That you are I true, wiped that from my brain. <laughs> you are a true historian. You already knew what the, the game was and everything. Like, okay. I want to know what this game was. Okay, so then it. can I get a point for knowing what it is and telling you why that's, yeah. that's BS, that that's the answer? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I'm like, I'm curious. What is Zelda Wand of Gamelon, by the way? Okay. All right. Okay. So this is really interesting history. Okay. So in the 90s, uh, Nintendo was going to partner with Sony, actually, to produce a CDI add-on for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, it was going to be the, so the Nintendo PlayStation. Um, but the Nintendo, in their arrogance, they're like, eh, we don't need Sony. And they, like, kind of publicly embarrassed them at, like, a CES or something. Mm -hmm. And th so Sony was like, well, screw you. We'll make the PlayStation. And then you all see what happened next. So Nintendo really created their own worst enemy there. <laughs> um, so Nintendo instead worked with Philips um, to create another CDI-based machine. And then they were like, eh, we don't want to deal with this at all. We'll do cartridges in the N64. But Philips- Philips, like the people who made TVs back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Um, but Philips still in this brief weird period got the rights to do some Nintendo stuff. So they made the, these, these, this series of really hideous, like, like wrote like uh, like you ever see like Science Court or like home movies like this really squiggly yeah. cartoon. They made some really awful like really bootleg looking like FMV kind mm -hmm. of drawn Zelda and they made a Mario game as well and they're like famously terrible. Nintendo doesn't acknowledge them, um, but I guess Zelda was playable in one of them. Oh, they are like 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 trash. They're like complete trash. Um, oh, that's and, absolutely crazy. So I think I deserve a point for that. Frankly. I think so too. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I refreshed that category. And I want to <laughs> see, I want to see, you know, I will, the if you get this next Nintendo question that pops up on that one, because that's that sort of feels like off-brand Nintendo. Sort of like when you see like um, a Disney movie and it's like, but it's the off-brand version. It's not Aladdin in the yeah. The, yeah. It, yeah look, look at a screenshot of one of those games ones, like from the cutscenes of those games. It looks like a looks like a weird educational game in like a cereal oh. box. Some preschooler drew. It's horrible, but really funny. Oh, it does. It looks like a spoof. Like yeah, like you were saying it does. People make, people make memes out of it. Yeah. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. That's so All crazy. Right. I love that. <laughs> All right. So this one is a, a weird one and a little bit of video game history to it as well. Let's see if you get this one. Which Nintendo game caused enough injuries in children to result in an $80 million settlement? Um, Is it the Mario Party thing with the analog stick? They had to put, send out those gloves or whatever. That is exactly right. Mario Party right. 1999 was the answer. Cool. Yeah, that, the, yeah. There was a the mini games where you have to rotate the stick, and then people would just do it with their palm and it would like rub their skin off. So they they like sent out gloves or something, and then they took out all games. That, 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 that is crazy. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy, man. You're on fire. You're on fire. Let's see. Okay, so um, I believe that was the third question. So you're three of three, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Let's see if you go four for four. And our next category is a hard one because it is DC. Oh, okay. DC. Yeah. I got DC Comics. Yeah, DC Comics. Yeah. I got um. I got a Jack Kirby's Fourth World omnibus. You are shitting me. What? I got a. I got. Oh, I'll show you. I love. Um, I love Dark Side. All that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. See, what? Oh, That's so cool. Yeah, this is real thick. Look at yeah. This. Yeah. Him and Orion. Orion, I got a, yeah. I got, a, I got a Black Manta action figure back there. So. Okay, so so this might be a good. Why might I get this wrong? I don't read. I don't, yeah. read, I don't read. I don't read. I don't read a ton of comics. I don't read a ton of comics. Okay. Okay. So, all right, here we go. How does Barry Allen end up becoming the Flash, the fastest man alive? Um, he gets like like struck by lightning in like a lab or something. Yeah, I'll take it. Get struck by lightning while holding string while handling chemicals, basically. Yeah, I'll take it. You are four for four. I love the I love the enthusiasm here. Um, yeah, like I did. Oh, this would have been a really cool one. Um, a random question just popped up. It said, "Which is superhero uh, superheroine in DC Universe is also a um, a member of the Teen Titans, famous for having an evil father?" Oh, Raven. Raven. Yeah, you would have got that one completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so are you about the Teen Titans life? Yeah, I loved that show when I was a kid. Um, oh, the little, little, little anime infused stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. Man, they made some dark episodes back in the day, too. I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was really surprised. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah how Slade like, went to hell. Um, yeah. Died. Yeah. And then his whole story with Tara, too. I was like, man, those yeah. some dark, dark episodes. Like, they, it was, it was crazy because around that era, they, they had like, Teen Titans came on, and then Ed and Nettie like was following it up at that time. Right? <laughs> I love Ed and Nettie as well. Yeah, yeah Nettie's great too. Yeah, so like completely different tones though for a lot of those episodes. Like Ed and Nettie, I feel like had maybe four serious episodes, like semi-serious. And then, you told like, me, you told me it wasn't serious where he ate that whole bed. That, yeah, saw. that's exactly what. <laughs> that was a very serious episode. Yeah, or, or when um or when Plank was beefing with somebody and yeah. like and he was following him around the whole entire. So, yeah, boy, Ralph used to give people the business too. Like, oh my goodness, oh man, that that show was classic. That, that show, show was classic. great. I love that show. All right, so Jordan, you're down to your final question. I'm gonna give you a choice. Okay. Would you like category A or category B? B. B. All I right. liked it. I like it. All right. All right. So your category is in the realm of Middle Earth. That's right. It oh, is Lord okay. of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> I should have picked A. Okay. You, really, <laughs> you, really, you might have. Lord of the Rings is a hard one. Uh, All right. Uh, and I, uh, I famously am not a huge fan of these. So. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So who tries to destroy the ring at the Council of Elrond? Which character tries to destroy the ring at the Council of Elrod? So I will tell you, I fell asleep during the first Lord of the Rings movie. What? Um, and and that was at home. The only one of these films I've seen in theaters, I saw The Hobbit 3 in theaters with my cousins, having not seen the first two as well. Um, Why'd you go? Because we were hanging out. I'm like, whatever, yeah. that'd be funny. That'd be a fun bit to go see Hobbit 3 and none of the others. I played those two Middle Earth Shadow of War mm-hmm. games. I played both of those. I'm like, that seems a little weird. He can just make his own ring. That seems yeah. not right. <laughs> so all that to tell you that I'm sure this is a very obvious answer, but I have no clue. Oh no, it's not. It might be obvious to like Super Lord of the Rings fans, but I don't feel like it's just an extremely obvious answer unless you like know the Fellowship of the Ring pretty good. But like the answer is Gimli. 
Gimli. Okay, sure. Yeah, he, I, I believe he like try, breaks an axe like while he's trying to smash it at the beginning of the movie. But I, I gotta ask you, what was that experience like, man? Just like going to the movies there and you had no idea what was going on for three hours? Because sometimes I try to approach nerd stuff like a normal person might of like, they're not always necessarily keeping up with everything, but they yeah. some, sometimes might like engage with something like randomly. Mm-hmm. So I try to be like, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just seeing this movie. I don't know about any of this other stuff. Let me just watch this movie as a movie. And I was like, okay, sure. A lot of stuff certainly happened. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind uh, of an irony you. thing. I feel you. I, you know, like, I think the only movie I did enjoy where I did, I watched it out, out of like order was like Terminator 2. Like, I okay. was, that was my first Terminator. And I was just like, oh, this is solid. But that works. That totally yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I, I completely understand what's going on. But like, Lord of the Rings, I feel like that's too much lore at that point. You got to like, know yeah, somebody know. name before you fall up in there, you know? Yeah, there's a there's a Gollum. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Jordan, you gonna play Gollum um this year? No. Nope. <laughs> I felt like that was the answer. I just had to make sure. Um, Jordan, before we go, I, I you know I have two last segments of the show. The first one is, besides you know like our topic of the show, what is your recommendation for people today? What game would you recommend people check out? Uh, I mean, so I'm really hot on Pikmin 4 right now, and that just came out, um, but I think it's really good. I really like that game a whole lot. Um, a lot of the games, I mean, play as many of the games in the book as you can. Um, yeah. Just, it'll make more sense, and it'll just, you know, play play more older games. You know, you don't have to always be keeping up with the new releases. Excuse me. Uh, new older games are cheaper a lot of the time. Um, they have just, they, they stand the test of time, so you know what's kind of already good. So just don't, just play whatever, you know, play, play great stuff that's been out there for, for a long time now. Yeah, show um, these old games some love. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm a, I'm gonna go back and play like a game that, uh, like a retro game that I'd never really played before as a kid, but wanted to play. It's Ultimate Alliance. Oh, okay, the first one. Yeah, I've never played. Yeah, the first those are one. great. Those are great. Yeah, I, I loved um X Men Legends like one. Yeah, and two. yeah, love those, those. That was yeah, man. They kind of they were kind of coming out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those like, are great. Yeah, I, I've never played the first one, but I played the Ultimate Alliance 2 as well. And then I think, I, yeah, the third one came out on Switch. Like, was it 2018 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but that was like a whole, that was like Teen Ninja. That was like a whole yeah. new thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like that game as well. But yeah, the first mm-hmm. one is more, again, it's, it was like the follow up to the X Men. I've only, I've actually only played the first Ultimate Alliance. I played the third one. I played the first one. I've not actually played X Men Legends. So, okay. X Men Legends is dope. Uh, I don't know how well it holds up, like, in today's, like, in today's, um, you know, gaming atmosphere, but it was dope back in the day. I know that. But, yeah, I'm definitely, I love superhero stuff, so I'm, I'm definitely going to give that a shot. But Jordan, man, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I mentioned we have the one last segment left, and that is the plug spot. So Jordan, where can people find you? They can find me uh, basically everywhere at this point at Jordan W. Minor. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Instagram threads. I'm on Mastodon, I guess. Um, all the all the Twitter contingencies at this point. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm a full-time employee of PC Mag, so I can find all my writing, all my day-to-day writing about all sorts of uh, entertainment and tech products um, on PCMag.com. Uh, a lot of people who are in the book also write that site, so you know, support that for sure. Um, and yeah, you can now find, you know, 300 pages of my video game opinions, along with all this art and contributors in video game of the year. Where can they out, buy it? Uh, wherever books are sold. So you can get it on directly from Abrams' website. You can get it from Amazon, from Barnes and Noble. Um, there are some international options like, uh, Waterstones, I believe in the UK, uh, support an indie bookshop, ask, ask them to stock it. If you live in New York, 
Uh, there are some signed copies at Astoria Bookshop. I did a signing there uh, for launch, and they probably still have some signed copies left. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a traditionally published book. It's from a major publisher. It's it's out there. You can wherever wherever books are sold. Everyone, you don't even have to go hunt it down because it will be in the description of this episode. So after you give this a listen to, or while you're giving this a listen to, you can just mosey on down and hit that hit that link right there and go buy this book and have a dope book in your collection. If for anything, you know, just look at these amazing illustrations. I'm telling you, the NBA Jam one needs to be on your wall, especially if you. You know, if you liked that game back in the day and you caught fire, like man, you need to show that show that book some love. Definitely go check uh, video game of the year out. You can buy it. There is a Kindle version as well as a hardback version of this game. So uh, paperback, There's paperback. No hard thank you. Digital and paperback. Yes. Okay. My people bad. have asked about paperback. that. Yeah. My paperback. My bad. So everyone, go check this book out. Again, it will be in the description of this episode. Before we go, Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show. I loved it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Bad. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play, or just find out about good things single player games or uh, gamers are doing in the e- ether sphere. And that's what we did in this episode today. I've been Sebastian. That's been Jordan. This has been the Single Player Experience Podcast, and we're out. Bye, everyone. So that's a wrap for this episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Jordan Miner for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!